0: New Pope, who this? Welcome to the officially unofficial podcast for New Pope on HBO. I'm
1: Jim. I'm Aaron.
2: I'm Cecily. And anywhere there's a podcast, there's Bald Move. And that's who we are.
1: most <laughs> fragile podcasters in the world.
2: We're like porcelain.
0: We watched episode three, titled third episode. Uh, what did you all think about it?
2: A lot of thoughts.
1: Yeah? I, I mean, I. <laughs> any you care to share? I think it's <laughs> another great episode. It was the first... Front half of it I thought was tough just because you know I have a kind of strained relationship with my mother um, and you know uh, screaming in the, the, the face of one's parent that uh, you've achieved greatness uh, against their every <laughs> attempt to thwart you mm-hmm. as a certain appeal to me yeah. and like a certain kind of visceral like uh, jacked with adrenaline and then the back half just has so much weird disturbing depressing things going on with Esther That is an interesting watch. And then throughout, then you got John Malkovich just being amazing. Being
2: John Malkovich, would you say? (laughs)
1: Being John Malkovich. Malkovich. Is it
0: weird that I feel more comfortable in the latter half when all the weird shit is happening than I do in the beginning part? Because, like, I don't know that I fully understand Brannix. Agreed. And when I get to something weird, but like pretty on the face of things Mm -hmm. i'm able to sort of settle into that a little bit more
1: yeah the Mm Esther stuff is weird and uncomfortable but it's also above the board like it's a straight Mm -hmm. up proposition for for money yeah Uh, Whereas Branix, like, we were having a little pre-pod discussion about, like, is he for real? Like, what Mm -hmm. is he? The the, the, the riddles he speaks in, are they, like, an intentional kind of verbal trap of his opponents? Is he gauging them? Or is he just having a theological discourse with his brothers? Right. I think probably both is happening to some degree. But again, uh, I don't know. And it also, like, uh, there's this also concept that Sir John's entire face that he presents to the public is one big facade that he's doing out of some weird tribute to his brother or some crazy guilt that he's feeling about the circumstance of his death, which we still don't understand. So Mm. there's a lot there's, there's, there's a lot you could, you could hang on his. um, And I thought that was played too when you see the Cardinals reacting to his various addresses like you know some people pleased at some of the things he's saying he's saying a lot of things that could mean a lot of different things to a lot of people Mm -hmm. like emphasis on the family is is really feeding those traditional catholics but then talking about how we need to consider things factually and with tenderness and humility but not passion but not passion (laughs) passion. it's it's uh it's it's the famous
2: middle way (laughs) it is the
1: famous middle way
2: Yeah, I I felt like this episode had me questioning my own questioning. I thought last episode, I spent a lot of time really diving deep into the symbology of everything. When on this episode, it felt like everything, or not everything, most things were a little more literal than I Mm -hmm. thought. Like the relationship between the nun and the refugee and
0: god being a millipede
1: yeah, god I mean, yeah, is yeah literally that's thing, just literally just a millipede. yeah, yeah. And, and the <laughs> nuns are giving each other prison tats and right. their cloister it's there's there's certainly things that are happening on a, a metaphoric level too uh-huh. yeah um yeah and i never know where to where to
0: say okay this the drawing that line is really hard in this show mm-hmm. uh, and so it always leaves me a little uh feeling a little strange at the end um except when it comes to things like oh i understand the concept of of a uh, down on her luck woman looking for another miracle in her life i in whatever form it takes uh it, it's a strange form but i understand the concept
1: yeah housekeeping a little bit of housekeeping first hbo comes out of the gate of the new year strong with their crazy sexy cool series on vatican politics the new pope Episodes drop on Monday on HBO, and Jim, Cecily, and I make a new trinity of podcasters to cover all the intercourse and intrigue on Wednesdays. Search for New Pope Who on your favorite podcast app or aggregator to listen and subscribe. Star Trek is back, and so far, it's really good. Will it stay the course? Find out with us as we do a deep dive on CBS All Access's Star Trek Picard on Mondays on our new Picard podcast feed. Each week, Jim and I check out a new or classic movie on the Bald Movies feed, so subscribe and you won't miss anything. This week, we'll be checking out Groundhog Day, the movie, as a kickoff for our fabulous annual Groundhog Day 24-hour charity stream. That's right, we're doing a 24-hour long charity stream on twitch.tv slash baldmove starting at noon this Friday, January 31st, with all net proceeds going to raise money for the Australian Red Cross to give relief for the bushfires that have been ravaging the continent. Make a note of the new start date. It starts this noon, this Friday, January 31st. We're running until the following noon on Saturday, February 1st. We're in the eastern U.S. time zone, so check your schedules. But honestly, it's a 24-hour stream. It's a pretty big target to hit. We'll be watching disaster movie after disaster movie nonstop on twitch.tv baldmove, including such classics as Twister, 2012, Armageddon, Volcano, and The Day After Tomorrow. We'll be doing a prize giveaway sometime during each film. If you want more details, follow us at Baldmove on your favorite social media site. Check our forums or baldmove.com itself. Please stop by, say hi, hang out, and if you can, give to help out our friends and neighbors down under. Can we talk about, uh, start with Sir John, because that's kind of like mm-hmm. uh, or John Paul the, the third as he's now known, because um, that's kind of what everything revolves around. I want to talk about what we know about his relationship with Adam. Up until the slap scene, we've seen nothing but them being like inseparable brothers with a very close, intimate relationship.
2: Um, twins. Can we agree they're all, they're think, both identical I twins? I think they're
1: identical twins. They like, seem like it. Their kids didn't look so much, mm-hmm. but the the... Teenage or young man versions of them did look identical. Yeah. Uh, but they're very, very similar. At, at man, I, rate. I can't tell. Because we had a discussion before this about which nun is which. We, had, we, we thought, thought they were about... all the
0: same nun. Some of us thought <laughs> neither of them I, I were actually I think all the nuns, nuns except nuns, I... for
1: the, the abbess herself is, is, are clones. Yes. Yeah. So
0: fuck me if I can tell who looks like someone else and who doesn't. But uh,
2: he seems, I mean, he professes as much throughout this episode that... He has been in competition with his brother, ever, yeah. even when his brother was alive. Mm-hmm. Like, and we see it demonstrated when they're having the race to button up their, their habits, habits. I no, was going to say habits, none. but that's a, that's a nun term have, yeah. ha- or button up their jackets. And his brother, Adam beat him significantly. Like oh. he's maybe four or five, not more buttons behind. Yeah. And I feel like he's so frustrated by his brother's excellence.
1: And, and as Christ said on the mount. Uh, blessed are the that uh, fasten their buttons quickly. So yeah. like, this is this is really foundational to their it's faith. It's a test of faith. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. so
2: frustrating while he's even alive that he slaps his brother. So it, pretty, I, I mean, hard
1: and vicious. Like it's it mm-hmm. was uh, it was shocking when I watched it.
2: Mm-hmm. It just feels like this is the kind of young man that would absolutely buy into his parents keeping him in this in this perpetual state of grief. -hmm. For forty years,
1: he feels responsible. Like he, what? So I'm saying, like, what do we know? We know that, like, from from his own words, that his parents hate him for not doing enough on some fateful cold winter day. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you live this life, and, and he's screaming that, like, I have all my life, I've negated myself in a pathetic attempt to alleviate your suffering, and I've even tried to become Adam. Like I don't think you do that unless you buy into it a little bit, and you know, uh, I wonder if he does feel responsible. And that's the thing is like it's like, is he responsible? And like you know, he wasn't paying attention as a kid. Like that's that's just a tragic accident, but it's also something that you would feel Mm -hmm. very very badly about.
0: Yeah, I I didn't get the impression that they were kids because eighty five for a man of John Malkovich's age is twenty five.
2: He was twenty five? Yeah, we did the math last episode. Oh right.
0: Adam did
1: we?
2: Okay. Adam and John okay. were twenty five years. So, yeah, that's years old.
1: Not, that's it's, uh, not what I would label as a kid. Yeah. Certainly. But were they fooling around? Was this yeah. like a but but you know, the the trajectory they're painting where they're very close as children and then they're competitive yeah. as I, I would could they be twenty five years old in a slap scene? I, I thought teenagers, but then be. you wouldn't be wearing Late teens, maybe. the full yeah. priest gear at that point, I don't think. Probably not. Um but uh I just wonder why uh and he also like then at adam's grave he says that like all that shit he was talking to his parents was just you know to make them feel bad that the whole reason that he does everything (laughs) is for adam um you know nothing else touches him nothing else disgusts him um which i i don't i don't know i don't know what to buy here um because there's clearly
0: passion shown in those scenes and he sort of rails against passion uh later in the episode with when he's addressing when he's giving a homily is that what he's doing here
1: yeah i don't know what what's this the after some, word some kind of
0: scripture reading i looked up what homily was there's, there's an, an official the title reference.
1: for the first address that the pope makes too it's yeah. like the prima popal pontificus <laughs> sure uh <laughs> but yeah he, he's
0: kind of railing against passion he says we need tenderness we need love but not passion which is something he displayed earlier in the episode so i do get the feeling that there are multiple sides of this man um which he's sort of at war with within himself. Mm-hmm. And
1: and he does not show to anyone, really. And 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 Linny comes to him in a vision as he's having this kind of like garden of Gethsemane moment, weeping uh and, and full of self recrimination at Adam's grave where mm-hmm. you know, Lenny explains his view that like God doesn't just hand out love like some kind of teenager. He you have to earn it with him. Step by step you have to grow. And it seems like that growth is tied to the silver box.
2: Seems very similar yes. that that speech that Lenny or Lenny Lenny gives him at the grave was very similar to Lenny's first homily, where he demands that everyone has to earn God's love. Mm. So, like in this, and uh, towards the end when John Paul the Third addresses all of the cardinals for the first time, you can see that he's metabolized Lenny's lessons and the things that Gutierrez has said. And he's he's making it his own, and he's teaching a very valuable lesson. So I, f- I feel like that makes a good pope.
0: Trying to learn and grow. Yeah. Yeah, and I think even some of his speech to uh, the the public was was sort of around that idea, right, like mm-hmm. of learning and growing. Like they need to be love, they need to be truth, but I think part of that is finding that truth.
1: I want to talk about kind of like Sir John, in, in more broader terms, uh, we learned a lot about him. That he has a relationship with Meghan Merkel, uh, Meghan, Merkel.
2: Merkel, Merkel <laughs> Meghan Merkel,
1: Merkel, Meghan Merkel uh which, which is sees... already
2: a dated reference because they've moved out of the, the well, the, it well act- it's almost pal- more
0: timely than
1: ever yeah. it's, it's strange how that <laughs> works like out. uh oh your your best your best bishop buddy moves away and like you know fuck england let's go uh, to america or whatever Can't just live on instagram the, can we Canada, live on instagram
0: yeah. is that a thing
1: yeah. yeah uh i thought that was pretty funny <laughs> um yeah the it's so funny because like a lot of uh, I was looking at coverage of this and a lot of people are obsessed with this. They're trying to turn this into a fucking puzzle box uh, yeah. show. Literally, like mm-hmm. if you are burning with questions and what is in that silver box, please calm down. This mm-hmm. is not what this like. It's not going to be Gwyneth Paltrow's fucking head. It's going to be some sort of Can medicine. It be?
0: It'd
2: it's, be nice. It's, it's
1: going to be it's going to be uh, it's going to be yeah. probably heroin or probably it's gonna be something heroin. like that. You know, yeah. like, come on probably this is not something Westworld. to alter his state of being it's going to be a red marble that's got anthony hopkins personality downloaded <laughs> on it no uh, it's not gonna all like,
2: Right, i think it's more it's, it's gonna less... glow
1: he's gonna open it up he's gonna glow <laughs>
2: yeah uh, i think it's less like a mystery for the audience and more something that's a temptation for john paul yes mm. i'm gonna start calling him a john paul uh yeah absolutely JP3. something that he's trying to resist <laughs>
1: Uh, He also has a theater in his home and he likes to watch uh, Easy Rider. Mm -hmm. Uh, He mentioned that his fave celebs are Dennis Hopper, Jack Nicholson, Sean Pin, Sean (laughs) Pin, Sean (laughs) Sean Pin, and Sharon Stone, and he admires their their freeness. And Marilyn Uh, Manson.
2: You forgot to mention Marilyn Marilyn Marilyn
1: Manson. Manson. I thought I mentioned him off the. uh, Okay. You might have. There's a great moment in here, though,
0: uh, where. Sophia does the basic instinct thing yeah uh-huh. in, in her it's Sharon Stone is who mm-hmm. stars in that right mm-hmm.
1: yeah oh man I wonder if they actually cut her hair just for that effect too they might have um mm. but they also so I oh, first of all, I want to say is which if, if any of these celebrities are going to make an appearance this season
0: well I know Marilyn Manson is oh you do yeah okay I know for a fact if you go on IMDb the screenshot for episode four <laughs> is Marilyn Manson and I already okay. know Sharon the,
2: Stone is too with that same logic, they've done a bunch oh, yeah? of promotional photos of Marilyn Manson, Sharon Stone, okay. and well, John damn Malkovich guys, together. Spoilers.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, well, so <laughs> I mean, that's, it's already out that's in fun. the UK. So I wonder if we'll have. Yeah. Uh, it'd be funny if he brought John Malkovich to meet John Paul the <laughs> Third. Wow. Although he doesn't think much of John Malkovich. He doesn't. Weren't yeah. we just talking about this, like in, the, in terms of the Julia Roberts? Are they going to do yeah, like exactly? I thought we t- had this conversation last we week about we whether did. they'd break the fourth wall that way. And mm-hmm. sure enough, they fucking did it.
2: Yep. Absolutely did. When she, yeah, when she was gearing up to say my favorite celebrity, you know, we're all yelling it out, oh, John Malkovich. And then she says it, and mm-hmm. I, I about lost it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, they it's also.
2: From like here to the end of the episode where my heart just starts racing.
1: <laughs> they also start flirting with the idea of uh, John Paul's sexuality. Uh, he. Seemingly flirted with both uh, Sophia and uh, Gutierrez. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He rebuffed.
2: He's writing thirty-six page letters to Asente.
1: To Asente. Uh,
0: and they have that moment where you know Asente goes up to him and asks, "Do you recognize me?" And he's like, "Oh yes," and I haven't changed. And yeah, there's a
1: little, but but it rebuffs everyone's advances. Yeah, uh, yeah, and which I think that this is going to be him kind of in a lineesque way replacing love and passion with tenderness but it's going to be something mm-hmm. like this I don't think heroin is going to or the 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 silver box is going to be the only temptation that lies for him in Rome it seems like Yeah.
2: Wait, who are you referring to when you said that he Isn't comes up and Asente? says do you rec- recognize me Isn't at it the Asente? end? No, this is that's the guy who said he had information about him in the in the underground Bunker. Oh, yes.
1: He's the priest that has the knows is. his deep, deep secret. That apparently I don't know faces or names.
2: So, it, yeah, stuff shots. Okay. Yeah,
0: disregard every name or, or scene I think I saw. <laughs> All Italians look the same to you, Jim. They do. Is, I'm it's an just an weird. Yeah. It's just
1: weird. You're, you're you, you, hate your own bias. race. Um, uh, but but I think it's interesting how they're like they're flirting with the idea of him being like bisexual or pansexual, but also
2: you know, denying it, himself. Yeah, anyone could be anything, and it doesn't matter when you take a vow of celibacy, right. right?
1: Well, but that's the thing is like there's buku evidence that the vow of cel- celibacy is not really worth mm-hmm. the paper that it's written on i don't know if the, the words that are spoken aloud or uh, oh because, for sure when these, you've like, got they, they like even... people
2: within the catholic church molesting children then yeah it doesn't well, that's just that but i
1: feel <laughs> I, I feel like they very clearly there's like signs that the the priests are getting down on each other mm-hmm. in the vatican yeah, like there's sure. definitely some you know glances and waves and, and it c- has to be all on the down low because
2: you're,
1: yeah
0: right, it, but i think that's that's the key though it's all you know under the under the table it's not like it's happening in the open so in the open none of that stuff matters right, right. And especially I think once you become the Pope I, I don't know that we've seen a Pope do any of that stuff I don't mm-hmm. I don't know about, about Popes uh, through history but like <laughs> oh there's, on popes, this there's show, popes fucking for sure oh yeah I mean I'm sure
1: yeah it's how
0: can you resist
1: yeah well but, I mean you're either Jude Law or you're John Malkovich or uh, you're
2: Gutierrez who did resist in the last true. episode true yeah, but uh, it was also it.
1: interesting. Like you know, Gutierrez shutting the door, literally in Asinte's face, and yet he's very open to being friends with the Pope. And Asinte is just watching the whole thing outside in the, in the rain with the umbrella. It's the light shining on his face. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the pathos in there is a uh, uh, pretty pretty amazing. There's there's uh, uh, something I want to ask you related to the personality discussion. Is I thought that. Sir John and the Father Gutierrez were very simpatico last episode. It seems like of all the Cardinals, uh uh Sir John was most taken with like Guterres' view of love and his ability to like share uh you know, things something that he's like ashamed of and but his... but, but also like uh kind of defiant about. Um but I thought with they had a terror attack in a African church. And the Cardinals are all discussing it, and Gutierrez is discussing it with Sir John, and he just admits it. it's like, I, I'm bombastic, but I, I don't really care. Mm. This, this is too far away. I don't know any of these people. I, I, they don't really give any commentary about that. I, I felt like that they, him and Gutierrez were kind of on the rocks at the beginning. It's just, just the whole affect of that, their performance, and it instantly went away as soon as Sir John says, hey, I want you to be my, my friend in Rome. Um, What do you guys make of that? Am I reading that wrong? Because I, I thought there was some friction there, but I felt like there was a scene missing between love is a intangible, con- uh, 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 abstract concept and uh, John Paul or the third baby not caring about a massacre in Africa. Am I off on that or, or what? Well, this is
0: where. This is the exact scene that I mentioned or that I was thinking of when I mentioned earlier that I have no fucking idea how to read John Brannock's um, and then maybe I should take him more literally because I thought this was some kind of test toward Gutierrez to see where he stood on the thing. And so you you present, you know, a pretty vulgar opinion, um, a vulgar uh, viewpoint which is, I don't give a shit about these people. Mm -hmm. And then you see how Gutierrez responds to that. But it doesn't seem that that's what he's doing by the end of the episode. It seems more that he genuinely, he's he's speaking his mind there. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, whether Gutierrez is going to respond negatively or positively, it doesn't matter to him.
1: Is it a, possibly a more subtle gaydar check, like uh, the way Jude Law did or, or Pope uh, Pius last year? He called a son in and just straight up asked the first question: Are you a homosexual? And then as soon as he says yes, he's just like just, just hammering his like call <laughs> button for his his assistant nun to come and get this guy removed from his presence. Like, is it?
2: I thought it was more like him him checking other people and checking himself. Like Hmm. Gutierrez is someone who he's already established that he respects his opinion on because he's going to speak the truth to him about what the papacy actually means. Mm -hmm. And for him to say, you know, I, I don't really care. Gutierrez kind of agrees that it's it's very far away. Are you capable of caring about someone that's outside of this estate, for instance, or or something that's outside of fashion or movies? And he's. He's saying that, you know, you know, it's, there's a way to do that. Maybe it's, maybe you can be a socialite, but so was Jesus at the last supper. And I think that is a way for him to, again, like the things that Gutierrez said in the last episode, he worked into his address to the Cardinals at the end of the episode. I think this is another way for him to just check himself. Like, what is this? I respect this person. How do they view the world? Now, how can I make that work for myself?
0: Yeah, the learning and growing thing. I I think that's where I'm kind of coming at with on Branix now is like he is making a genuine attempt to learn and grow both himself and the church. And I think that could be the difference between the popes Mm -hmm. because, you know, uh, Pius XIII and uh, Francis were both like. You know, they took different approaches, but they had roughly the same extremes, right? They were they were both very much uh, about changing the church in that specific way. It seems like Brannick's might be more about discovering what the church should be. Kind of as he goes, not mm. not sort of like forcing his preconceived notion of a church. Because that yeah,
2: you. he's a little bit more flexible, and the other two were just very hard lines. Yeah. On well, plus I think extremes, he's like open
1: to what the diagnosis of the church is, mm-hmm. like he said exactly. in the previous episode. Like he needs to learn what that is, and he's giving a very measured public statements about that. You know, mm-hmm. that the people can't really argue with. While he did, de- um, but I don't know because I could. Uh, you know, Linny was uh, Pope Pius. Pius was trying to like eliminate things. Like he, he's like, well, you know, you've got these priests and they're taking advantage of of young men and little boys. You know what? We just need to get all the homosexuals out of the church. Um, R- I think wrong target. Uh, right, right, right. General goal. And I think Asante and some of the priests of his, uh, you know, that are that are gay priests are hoping to like maybe go like. Accepting homosexuals, maybe allowing mm-hmm. priests to to marry, <laughs> uh-huh. so they can like stop living in shame. I think that Brannox's middle way is going to be probably oh, gay people, gay priests can be priests, but we're mm-hmm. taking a celibacy shit fucking serious. Could be all right. Yeah, like that's the middle press. Like, hey, gays are welcome to serve in a seminary, but you just got to stop having mm-hmm. gay or straight sex. Um, mm-hmm. and I that you know that's not exactly I think what Asante or a lot of these priests uh, would would want. Mm -hmm. Um, can we talk about Violo and his unimaginable powers of persuasion Uh, I okay do we do we take him at his face value that Hernandez is mired in sexual scandal and that he did his level best to hide all of the uh, sexual abuse in his diocese yes because if so this does kind of make Violo a little bit it's less a personal I want to be Pope and fuck that guy and more like I ain't going to let a guy covered that's that that rotted to the core attain the papacy. Yeah.
2: That's what I'm thinking. Like he's one of the people who wields power effectively, if not selfishly where both things can be true. Mm -hmm. I think that he, he was angling towards being the Pope in the beginning. I think he's got his own secrets, obviously that he's hiding, but they're not as bad as anyone else's. And it makes me wonder if to Tommaso Valetti, Is that the Pope Francis, the second or the Mm, third that just died? Uh, How much he shared with Voyello? Mm. How much time did Voyello ever spend, you know, in the confessional? What does he know? Mm. He knows a lot. And it seems like he's always been a force of good so far.
1: It's also interesting to having them as these, this polar opposites that you've got the man of porcelain who's without sin versus the man of steel laden uh, with sin by his own uh, uh, omission i i you know I always go back to like you know
0: the the idea that like if you have to say that you're the man of steel, are you really the man of steel like the, I, I, how much do I believe that Voella was this man of steel i he's certainly shown a fair bit of backbone in the in the face of Adversity via Lenny.
1: Yeah. Via this whole Pope fiasco now. G- give the main credit where it's due. His scheme this episode worked. And I like how they it portrayed work, it yeah. as if, because I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be some fucking cool finger shit. But it's uh, essentially the oldest trick in the book. Like, right uh yeah we got somebody we got even a better pope uh don't worry about it. don't even bother showing up to vote it's not going to be <laughs> yeah, an issue reverse psychology and we then won't he's,
2: miss you at all and no. then he,
1: he turns on his heel to walk out and you can see in his face like oh he's god waiting. he's not falling for it maybe i should slow down or well, if i slow down too much then it's <laughs> going to yeah and like there's this like really kind of almost comic tension until he's like oh ex- I, I just have You're a just curiosity. curiosity and he knows the hook is <laughs> okay so what it, What is the thing that, about no, Norman nobility that upsets John Brannix? Because I don't know anything about that. I normals. don't want to set myself up as an expert. Okay. Um, but I did recognize, you know, because I used to play, um, what was that thing? Um, there was a game for the Commodore called like Romancing the Kingdom or something like that, where you were like, hmm. uh, uh, you're essentially a, an Anglo-Saxon king during the time of the conquest of William the Conqueror, uh, who were the Normans uh and this was this is this is like the start of the deep-seated enmity between england and france the okay. anglo-saxons versus the anglo-normans and the anglo-saxons being but hurt at being conquered uh by them in the 11th century and if you know anything about the continental europe uh it's been you know france and england at war with each other right up until like world war one or, mm-hmm. or thereabouts uh so I think this is just like these guys can probably trace their bloodlines back to these times. It's just like fucking this is a fucking fucking Frank Franco Nor- Norman yeah. guy sitting in the on the in, uh, at, uh, as the uh, as the Pope of Rome. Fuck that. <laughs> nah. Uh, I, it's 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 like that. It's like this old prejudice. He's uh, this old money, old class prejudice that he's pushing,
2: which is indicative yeah. of, of Voyella's kind of calculations too. That he knew exactly the kind of buttons to press. He understood mm-hmm. that with their meeting in the hallway the very first time that he needed to court Brannick's, and he needed to do it well, and he did.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Work I I thought that was kind of interesting. What I thought was really funny is. The good laugh they all had at the deception.
2: Yeah. When, oh, like, you rascal! Yeah.
1: He figured it out, but he Before figured
2: he
0: went it to out with the bed that night. Yeah, the the night of or the morning of, uh-huh. and he's like, "Oh, what a rascal you are!" And they're all just laughing. <laughs> and then he goes about along it, with it, I, which
1: felt very. I mean, that's he
0: a, changed his mind, is what he yeah. did. He, you know, he gave him the the space to sort of think about it a little bit more. Right, and that. He let him convince himself yeah. that he needed the, to do His this. vanity
1: led him into kind of like, Well, I'm not gonna let some 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 fucking Norman guy do it, but uh,
0: Right.
2: Who right.
1: who will I get if it's not me? You know? His
2: mind was made up. He already made the speech to his parents. Yeah. You can't just stay now. So it's it was like a game recognized game kind of. I moment. don't know. That that'd <laughs> be
1: like what is the What do you do to fuck your parents over harder? Like you drop the fact that like you think I God hates me, well I'm gonna be Pope, so put that in your Pope and smoke it, and then <laughs> then the day later when they're kind of processing that, you know what? I turned it down. I had this birthright <laughs> no. destiny, and I spat on it. Like, is was he thinking like this is the only thing he can do to? Yeah,
2: he was I'll secretly hoping they would just have heart,
1: massive heart attacks as he's right. giving his fire and brimstone. Uh, and then you flip it to on him. him again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so can we leave England and go to Rome and talk about uh, John Brannox's tenure as Pope so far? Okay. He wins the vote nearly unanimously. Mm-hmm. There was a single vote for for uh, Linny, which is the ex- existing, I guess, still alive Pope Pius the
2: mm-hmm. I think it's
1: obvious that John Brannox is the one that cast that vote. I think
2: so too. Probably.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's in poor taste, uh, but it's like it's. I think it's a respect thing because. But I, I know Voila was voting for himself in the first round. Oh, for yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely for sure. he was. Yeah. And and I wouldn't be surprised if he cast another one for his mole. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it just seems only fair. Uh-huh. Um, but I thought that uh, his speech to the public, where he says, you know you think I'm a fragile man with a beard, that's what I am, but you also think I know everything, and that's not who I am, it's not what I know. And he says that, you know, there's a beauty and strength in a family, which is playing probably well to the traditional Catholic base, but he also says, uh, if we can't see the beauty in something, then the truth has been hidden, which I think, you know, there's, there's, there's a way to read that to say is like, if you can't recognize the beauty of like uh, a, a gay marriage, you know, and, and let a gay marriage welcome children into their home, then it's because you don't know the truth and we need to uncover it. We need to place it on the kitchen table, something that we can talk about and fight about and we'll grow stronger. I think that's what he's going for. Cause he also follows it up with that. We have to strive to eliminate prejudice. Yeah. And I think that's probably going to go into like the refugee crisis and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then protecting fragility. Uh, so he also calls himself Pope John Paul the Third, um, which is interesting because John Paul the First is that Pope that died within 30 days of being elected back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And there's like I did a little bit of you know light reading. There's tons of conspiracy theories about uh, you know why he died or if he was rubbed out or whatever. Uh, John Paul II, of course, is the Pope that we knew for most of our lives. Um, uh, who died in like what 2005, and was replaced by Pope Palpatine, uh, and now we got the current guy.
2: <laughs> is that really his name?
1: No, but it really is who he it's who he is. Uh, so I wonder, Jean Paul II was known as being very, I guess, would you say, socially conservative. He was like uh, very anti-abortion, very anti-homosexual recognition in the church, but he was very fiscally liberal. Okay. He very much was like debt driving relief. Bentleys. Like like forget for for <laughs> no, I mean the, like, the other way. Like like get oh, like okay. like we should forgive Africa of its debt. Uh we should give to the poor, we should take care of the poor, okay. you know, that so kind more like of like
0: Francis the 2nd.
1: So I wonder if like Pope John Pope John Paul the 3rd to me is an is a willingness to tackle the scandal of Francis II head on. Because like taking that name means something in the context, because the mm-hmm. previous episode that was one of the questions mm-hmm. like, what does Francis II have in common with John Paul I? But also signals maybe maybe a little embracing of that uh fiscal package that Francis was trying to push. Hmm. Um, but maybe at the co- and 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 maybe a middle way and the morality where it's getting like, hey, we'll embrace uh, a homosexual priest, but they just have to take the, you know, uh, the, they have to they have to replace their love with tenderness, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're taking the, I, I don't know. Those are the things I was thinking just with the playing the name game there. Yeah, it's um,
2: interesting. I thought it was interesting mostly that. John Paul replaced his mic stand and podium with an actual man just holding his microphone to his Mm -hmm. face.
1: (laughs) Uh, That was weird. Yeah. And then his address to the Cardinals is a lot of humility and like love and tenderness, but also some firm, like, I am the father, I will be Uh obeyed. Yeah. And you'll either replace this... So he talked... T- and that's why I think he's going with this um, new understanding of homosexual... Uh, homosexual. I feel like homosexual is such a fuddy-duddy word. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like gay priest. Okay, let's try to say that. Uh, gay priest um, is that he's saying, you know, the problem with love is this abstraction and we allow ourselves to be overcome by our passions. That love turns to something hard, concrete, that hurts people. And he's like, you're going to have to replace that concrete love with tenderness or else I'm going to have to replace you. To <laughs> If I... I don't know if Asante took that as a threat, but if I was a gay priest, I guess I would say, see that as like being put on notice. that like.
2: Hmm. Hmm. No, I thought it was more like if you're a priest that takes advantage of people, that you're put on notice. I think people like Asante and Gutierrez, who he really got this message from, mm-hmm. aren't put on notice, but they're the kind of people who understand exactly what the job is. It's, you know all of this love without passion well I mean it's I'm the... just taking
1: the man at his word that he thinks passion is what corrupts love and you know if you have two priests having consensual sexual relationship I'm guessing that involves passion
2: sure and, and yeah, you gotta that's...
1: guard you. he's saying you gotta replace that with tenderness which is well, so much of this strikes me as
0: just him struggling with his own internal feelings because like sure that passion is something that you know has been seething under the surface and right his right entire life yeah and then it it lashes out at his parents. This episode, and and you look at all the things that he's proclaiming they need, and it's all things that he's never had, like family, mm. love, uh,
1: tr- yeah, truth
0: to a degree. I don't know. Mm. He's he's always been in search of those things, uh-huh. and now that he has the power to sort of get everyone on board with those things, he's using it. He's wielding mm. it. So like, I I look at this as him struggling to understand how he's going to be pope and how. How he can sort of eliminate his worst tendencies from this papacy, but I,
1: I, I don't know. It's it's, it's still very much because we had like internal like dialogue with what what, what Linny was thinking because he had his his mother figure there, um, right. Yeah, we John the only time we've actually seen him give an internal the closest thing to internal dialogue is when he's screaming at his parents and he's weeping at his brother's grave like Mm -hmm. I wonder how they'll or if maybe maybe this new Pope will be a little bit more of an opaque figure to us as the as as the viewers or if they'll find the way to have him have that kind of you know relationship where he can talk about like what he's actually trying to do
0: yeah Um, I can see maybe uh, Gutierrez being a window into that
1: since they've seemingly formed some kind of bond sure uh, there may be a new, because con- there'll have to be a new papal confessor, or confessor for the, yeah. uh, I forget what they call the, the collection curio. of cardinals. The, yeah, the curio. There'll have to be a new curial confessor, so maybe that will be a new a role. Get Caballo in there. Just put, yeah. put him in there and let uh, everyone confess God. to
0: him. He, uh-huh.
1: won't, he won't wield that power irresponsibly. No, 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 no. Uh, what else we want to talk about? There's a couple other topics. There's Esther. There's the new nun resistance. Yeah, let's talk about the nuns, speaking okay. of cavallo that uh, motherfucker. So, so we knew that there, there's a nun that's her mother's dying and there's a dying wish for them to go and have uh I forget where they're actually going. Uh oh, yeah, I yeah. don't remember it. Uh so they're, they're wanting to take this last vacation, mother and daughter, and they need 290 euros and, the, and the, these, these sisters scrape all the money they got together. Which well, goes only...
2: out to about like $300 US dollars. It's a pretty frugal. So it's about the same. Yeah.
1: It's not much. Ish. It's a pretty cheap make a wish kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they take it to this guy who is the, uh, I forget his name, but he's the one that's uh, uh, Cavallo. Cavallo, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the course. one that's uh, the expert at making you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and he's like, of course, like, oh, you know, of course, absolutely. This is a matter of the highest importance. But we're in a budget pinch. Mm-hmm. And I love how the nun gets like, oh, why is Cardinal so-and-so driving a fucking Bentley? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Just got a new one. And yeah. he, this guy reminds me so much of some of the, like, the JW higher-ups. I admit, like, the word, like, they're very shameless and yeah, how I mean, he, they will pervert a scriptural pr- principle and, and, and hypocrisy, but never that the facade of the kind, long-suffering shepherd never drops as they're fucking you.
2: Yeah, That's I mean, he gets on the phone during this meeting and invites someone to dinner and this this play mm-hmm. right in front of them. With like, the yes, he fuck was you, going you. To, you're not getting the money. He's we'll, going to buy
1: them off at the tickets. I'll
2: use 290 euros to wipe my ass. Yeah and it i'm just not sure where it's coming from why he's got this hostility towards these cloistered nuns
1: i just think he they don't they don't never think these sisters have any power they're like what are they going to do like leave en masse. they're going to they're going to divorce jesus and take to the streets uh and i think they he just might they that might actually be what's going to happen because they're now tatting each other with prison tats of yeah. nuns I mean, with their yeah, fists raised and in they're resistance if he
2: can, by refugees yeah, <laughs> if he yeah.
0: can look into this room if he had a camera in this this uh the barracks of every the nuns. night. It's raving every fucking for night Jesus. They're raving. They're dancing around. They're smoking cigarettes. Like yeah.
1: Shit's gone wrong in your nunnery, man. <laughs> yeah. You don't even know. Well, the fish rots from the head, they say. And this guy is a rotten fish head. He sure is. And uh, it makes it
2: seem like there's a moment where Cavallo goes to Voello and he says, right. What news? Well, he got news that whatever cardinal is driving a Bentley, that's news to Voello and Cavallo. And I thought. And he says, "Like, Am I going to, or is it any other news? And he says, No, nothing. So, you think that Voyello is just being kept out of the loop about the nun's plate. Mm-hmm. But then later, when they yell for Voyello, they break past Cavallo and they're just yelling during this procession. Voyello turns his back too. So, it's like he yeah. didn't tell Voyello because maybe Voyello just doesn't care. And that's where you get conflicted yeah. about what does Voyello actually a force for good at all? Yeah.
1: He's a complicated man. <laughs> And his mission to serve the church, I think is probably at odds in the church's own mission. Uh But like, I think he sees, uh, yeah, he's the guy that gets the, his hands dirty so that the church doesn't have to. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I don't know. He also could be, because I was thinking that like when he came up and said, oh yeah. So, uh, Cardinal so-and-so got a Bentley. It's like, and this is causing, I thought that he's going to be like, and this is kind of causing some problems with us and the nuns. Like, but nah, just not even bringing it up, Mm -hmm. not even bringing it up. uh, and I don't know, like VLO might have just—he's a—he's—he's a, he's very much a, a man of uh, decorum. So like, just the, the nuns calling out for him on the way to the curio is kind of like, hey, no, no, could be. So I, I don't know. I'm not ready to say. He's, uh, I, cause he's just such a I, Cause I remember thinking he was like the fucking most evil person in the world until like halfway through the season last year, and you got to know about his relationship with Guillermo, and it seemed, mm-hmm. uh, d- 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 yeah, I'm very yeah. imprecise on how to pronounce that or exact letters are in that guy. There's that, some that R's, some names. L's, yeah. a G somewhere in there. Uh, <laughs> and, and then this guy's pronouncing it, so I, that's not much help, but he, he had some. Kind of genuine, I felt like, moments of humility and grace to him. But mm-hmm. he's also the guy who'll he'll he'll kill you and get things done. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh that brings us to the topic of Esther. Um so I wondered I think I forgot to ask, but I was like, who is this guy who has got the long blonde hair and he's very lanky and he's kinda of hanging around playing with this kid in the last episode? Uh and then we found a lot about him. My question is did this priest did is is this priest a pimp, did he set all this up in motion?
2: After like the second watch, I Hmm. think that's absolutely the case. Because he's grooming her the whole time. Right. From the very beginning when the I didn't write down this guy's name, if we ever got it, this priest that she's living under Mm. in whatever place house she's staying in. Mm This guy comes to her and says you're being kicked out and you need another miracle and puts his hand on her thigh and then later when we first meet fabiano he's talking to some other women and he says oh i know this guy we used to go to seminary together before he dropped out so they have this pre-existing relationship women are obviously drawn to fabiano and Fabiano has this relationship with this old lawyer, who mm-hmm. I think has most likely paid him for sex in the past, mm. and that just it seems like everything was manufactured here. To yeah, get her especially in this even
1: even the maneuverings that he did to put pressure on her, so she's this desperate. Like he had complete control over that. Right, like, you know, he's like, oh yeah, the tenant just wants his building back. I don't, you know, um, I I wonder if like they have been engineering this to make this happen. I don't know why you would do something like that, but you know. Um, because that's the thing. Like, I I think Esther is an interesting person because uh, she's talking about, well, prostitution is a sin, but she also had premarital sex with this guy, uh, which, I mean, I, I don't know how the Catholics view it, but I, I know they have, like, there's, like, uh, venal sins, which are, like, you know, things that are bad, but, like, are not going to get you in hell. And then there's mortal sins, and that's the stuff that, like, no, nah, God will throw you in hell for I think premarital sex and prostitution is all in the mortal category. Hmm. So I thought it was interesting that she's drawn distinctions between like sins she's comfortable with. Now I mean, personal distaste to having uh, sex for money for a disabled man is, is you know, everyone's got room for that. But I'm talking just from a purely Roman Catholic doctrinal
0: she's, standpoint. She's certainly not the first Catholic to have sex out of marriage. Sure. Outside of marriage. Or for money.
2: <laughs> yeah. It seems like it seems like it's what you are willing to understand in your heart is your intention. Uh I think if I'm going to have this charitable Mm -hmm. charitable kind of view that she thought that this was another single father, just like she's a single mother and that maybe they could hope to establish some sort of family unit. And she asked them to move in at the end of the episode or where she's, after they've already slept together and she's desperate and looking for a place to go. She wants to live with him. Maybe that's how she can justify this yeah. in her mind is not a sin.
1: This guy also is so there's also this hint of like, do I, does he look like a poor man's version of Jude Law? Like, is there like a little Ooh, passing kind of gone no. to see? No, not at all. Because like no. when he's naked and prancing around his white underwear, she's like, have you ever thought about shaving? I'm trying to think. Is like, is she trying to make him look hmm, more like Minnie? I, so. I
0: I got. I think picked so? up that. I, immediately. I didn't pick any resemblance to Jude Law.
2: Yeah, he's got the blonde hair, the the dyed blonde okay. hair. So uh, and he's, that's a start. He's nowhere
1: near as charming. He's got he's got some he's got an off putting manner that's kind of like yeah. everything's just slightly off. I, I feel
0: think. like that might be an Italian guy working in English. But yeah,
1: that's true. It's
2: I'm a, not sure. But yeah, he, you true. know, he's obviously dripping with sleeves, which we can tell by the end. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because I,
2: mean, I think there's this moment after what happens happens or while it's happening when the he's sitting there smoking a cigarette and the lawyer lady's got her hand on his shoulders, and it just seems so
1: yeah, it's gross
2: ominous. Uh, also, does,
1: it's the the balloon popping over Esther's head when they first it's meet perfect. is very interesting. I hope uh, it happened just
2: naturally, but
1: And there's a whole into there's all the deliberate contrast between the nun opening her habit, I guess, that's the, her her slip her,
2: her night and, habit and letting
1: this Fazzle, uh, Faisal, uh Faisal kid uh fondle her uh and then that kid has a crisis of conscience or awkwardness or a fear and he runs off uh with uh this the similar thing happened with Esther and this 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 uh kid that's got some kind of physical and and uh, I think the real problem is the mental like he I, he also seems like there's a, some kind of mental uh disconnect there too mm-hmm. and Esther feels really creeped out and weird cuz also uh very very poor man's version of Jude Law and the older lawyer lady didn't do anything to make this comfortable it wasn't no. like oh hey let me introduce you guys and then you know or
2: let me show you a photo in advance so you can prepare yeah. yourself or let me give you some kind of understanding about what's going to happen. Or hey, if you change your mind halfway through, yeah. then it's going to really fuck up things for this guy even worse than they are. Yeah. yours. So like, be really sure. I just want you to be I, sure I, I, and like, comfortable.
1: Does Italy not have like? Because I know in America, this isn't like a common thing, but there's like these these uh, sexual surrogates who do this as like a therapeutic thing. They'll they're they they will have sexual relations with people that are disabled or have some kind of disability It yeah. makes it hard for them to date because sex is a human need uh but i don't know it's like why if if they have something like that like why do you need why do you need to find a good catholic girl to have sex with your boy for twenty thousand dollars a pop
2: and also he's only 20 years old and he's ever been with a woman it doesn't seem like that desperate of a situation i I don't
1: know what's what from desperate but like it's a pit it's certainly a pitiable state but like why this way to get this need met are there's there's gotta be plenty of professional women in Italy that would probably do this, you know? I, I it's just it's just I such a weird so, yeah. it's such a weird uh you know indecent proposal kind of thing that comes out of nowhere,
2: especially with a woman who's also known pretty much for selling stories to newspapers to make a living. Well this might that's be that's why like there's some
1: <laughs> kind of fetishization of this thing
2: that's yeah. going on.
0: Yeah. If you're so so you're hypothesizing that there is some grand conspiracy here to get Esther into that room. Yes. What if it's also not just about Esther, but it's about Fabiano and it's about this lawyer and that moment where she puts her hand on his shoulder is more about the payment that he's going to have to make as well. Like, is there something else going on here and i don't mean know. to like puzzle box this whole sure. sh- scenario but sure. like that is a very evocative moment and it's it's and it evokes some idea of like fabiano something is weighing on fabiano and i don't think it's just bringing this woman in to do this deed that he might consider mm-hmm. uh less than uh flattering but like maybe there's something on his end because you're right, 20 grand, to sleep with your kid is a lot more than I'm sure some people would be willing mm-hmm. to do it for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if if there's something else on the back end of this,
1: I think there's more sense. Then there's Lenny weeping as this is all going on. I thought that's yeah. you know, shortest, shortest uh, verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. Uh, now we mm-hmm. got the Lenny wept. Uh, <laughs> I thought that's interesting. Also, uh, Faisal and Vielo meet, yeah, and Vielo's like, Who are you? and he's like, I'm Faisal, and he's just kind of like, Oh. And he turns away and doesn't, like, that, what, what's, what's up with that?
0: I think that scene is just to let us know that Vuelo knows now. Mm. That there's someone on the grounds.
1: Mm. It's the... And what he'll do with that information, we'll see, but. Huh. Yeah. If he starts hopping, hopping around with pockets and ears, then, <laughs> then I'm going to start really worrying for old Faisal. Yeah. Uh... There's a couple of things that I, the, 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 I I got a couple of miscellaneous points to talk about the episode. We um, got to end this podcast right now. We we have to end this podcast
0: right now. I have to see the sunset.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, only if I get to tap your head with a silver hammer. <laughs> okay. We can uh, work, work, work that out. Was that an un- uh, uncomfortable sound for anyone else but me? but like the, 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 the sound of that hammer mm. echoing off that old man's bone dome <laughs> was like nails a I, I, nails on a chalkboard sound that I didn't even know existed. Huh. No, not really. Ah. <laughs> Uh, I thought that that's it. I I wondered if they would do that because I was doing some research about of course last week I also saw that like on the the next on that we saw a Pope getting hit with a hammer I'm like oh god are they going to pronounce Lenny dead no you you were right about it being the old pope but I guess this I is a that. pretty yeah. Oh you're the one who said that I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought that this was uh it was cool because I guess this is something that they do. It's like one of their little rituals as they go and they tap on the head three times. I also, as I was watching, I'm like, is this where the Fri- or Frere Jacques stuff came from? Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping, Brother John? Hmm, like, Is this maybe. like a dead, they're trying, <laughs> is this the ritual of the wake of dead Pope and they're like... Uh,
2: I know that Ring Around the Rosie was about the Black Plague, so I yeah, believe it. <laughs>
1: yeah, like there's a lot of these like, you know, sing-songy uh, London you Bridge. Know, nursery rhymes. that Yeah, London Bridge yeah. was a fucking disaster yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got some it's, fucked up nursery songs. Yeah, that's what the kids are. You know, there. when when your your infant mortality rates like fifty percent, and most people don't yeah. make it past uh, into the teenage years, then I guess uh, kids are a little bit more morbid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I like seeing some of those 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 interesting rituals. Uh, and I read in more is like there's a whole complex thing. Like uh, they after they do that, they destroy the pope's signet ring with that silver same silver hammer. Uh, they seal the Pope's apartment. Wait, they destroy a ring with a silver hammer. Yeah, each Pope has this fisherman's ring, custom cast for them. What's it made out of? Silver, I think. <laughs> the hammer. No, if you, so if you bash if you bash a silver ring with that silver hammer, and do what you're what, the trying to do is time? deface because it's a it's a signet ring. It, it's, it's something you could okay. theoretically stamp with. And the idea is mm-hmm. you deface that so that no one can like Use make a, a, a fake papal order until you get a new pope in place. And they also seal up their apartment. There's this whole procedure that like as soon as he taps him on the head three times, if he gets no response, he falls to his knees and immediately recites Psalms 130. And there's this whole process that they do. Do which they I reopen thought
0: was the apartments ever? Is it? Is yeah, it a once the new like... pope,
1: yeah, the new pope gets the gets. They don't have a, a separate apartment for every pope. I was
0: wondering if there's just like a whole bunch of entombed yeah. papal goods uh-huh. in a bunch of empty apartments somewhere. Yeah, they, they seal be it off, weird. seal it
1: off, and the uh, the pope just molders in there for their <laughs> all all of time. Interesting stuff, though. Uh, I love I love seeing these 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 rituals and stuff. Is there anything else we want to talk about in this episode? No. Well, that'll do it for the new Pope. We'll have a new Pope episode out next week, the same time uh, for your enjoyment. Uh, Until then, I'm your host, Aaron. I'm Jim. I'm Cecily. See you later.